0: Cultures around the world have always looked to nature as a source of both increased health and wellness. While modern science continues to support this connection, we spend the majority of our time indoors. Welcome to the Nature of Wellness podcast, where we explore the relationship between the natural world and the human experience. Join us as we discuss all things nature, health, and well-being We truly believe the future of health is now.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Nature of Wellness podcast. I'm Dr. Mark Campbell, and with me is one of my favorite all-time people, my guy in the woods, a lover of all humans, Mr. Steve Otero. How are you,
2: Steve? I'm doing well, Mark. How about yourself, bud?
1: Good, buddy. Good. Summer is in full swing. Lots of outdoor time. Absolutely loving it.
2: It's wildflower extravaganza out here. I mean, it, it it looks like a Norman Rockwell painting, for those who are familiar with his work. I mean, it's just wild. Every color under the rainbow. And it seems like I, I discover new colors and new color combinations almost every year. And this summer is just like a banner year for wildflowers. So I'm super, super stoked. That's so um, funny how, that you said How are that. things on the East Coast?
1: Great, man. Uh, full swing. Had a little issue a few weeks ago with the uh, Canadian... Wildfire smoke and uh, yeah. kept us from getting outside a little bit, but you know all that's cleared up and the trails are full of people. Been fishing a lot, which is great. You know how much I love doing that. So, yeah. just a wonderful time to be outside. Weather's not crazy hot just yet, so
2: get to spend some <laughs> extended time out there. We have we have people complaining it's still too cold here. It's like in the seventies and (laughs) folks are, you know, in puffy jackets and hoods and things. And it's, I love it. I mean, you know, it is what it is, right? I I live at, you know, 10,000 feet, so it stays, um, stays pretty comfortable year round. That's fantastic. I'm grateful, right?
1: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this episode and uh, I was out on the trail just the other day and I saw just family after family with their kids outside and, you know, parents stopping and showing them different plants and, I always have my dog with me on the trail, so he's always a big draw for the families and the kids, so <laughs> they stop and talk. And it gives me a chance to talk to the kids and the parents, and I just love hearing the reasons for being outside and talking to the parents about the benefits of getting their kids outside more, yeah. which it has been a recurring theme on the show almost every episode organically. Can't stress how important that is enough. I, I did want to pull an article just to talk about quickly before we get started. And I think it just sums up everything that we've talked about, everything we're going to talk about today. And it's from the Child Mind Institute, and it's just called Why Kids Need to Spend Time in Nature, right? Simple and enough. Simple enough. <laughs> it's a it's a quick read. It was packed full of good stuff. You know, the average American child, according to this article, spends about four to seven minutes a day playing outside, which is nuts. That's wild. I, I mean,
2: you think of just just one or two generations ago that, I mean, it's like unheard of. It makes me feel so
1: old, Steve, because it's not, it hasn't been that long ago since I was a kid, I like to think. And we were outside (laughs) all day. The only, you know, nature tracking that we ever used was the streetlight. When that came on, we knew we had to be home. So, four to seven minutes a day, they spend over seven hours a day in front of screens, which is, I guess, necessary for learning. And that's the future, but it's also a little terrifying. Uh, There's so much research about how screens impact everything from cognition to behavioral health to our physiology. So you know, hopefully we could take a, a stronger look at that. And I know the Surgeon General has talked a lot lately about social media and the dangers of that. And I know it's for other reasons, but just time in front of a screen is pretty scary. But I think it's undeniable that when researchers say that kids who play outside are happier, they're better at paying attention less anxious than kids who spend more of their time indoors spending time in nature for kids can build confidence and teach them how to manage emotions which is in this day and age imperative it gives them a chance to practice managing their own actions as well it encourages creativity and imagination teaches responsibility and it gets kids moving which right that's so crucial in an age where PE classes are getting canceled in schools and recesses are getting shortened or done away with completely outside so important to get kids moving and i know it's such a big foundational part of you as a dad you as a human that you want to instill these things into your own family culture
2: sure yeah daily and and, and i mean don't get me wrong i love technology for what it is a tool right mm-hmm. but so but so is uh, a good pair of hiking shoes right. so is a, so is a beautiful guitar right yep. you know i mean we utilize the you know the ipad for guitar lessons in our house we utilize the ipad for piano lessons in our house but then you know that's that's also limited right we block that into chunks and for educational purposes too anyway right i mean none of us learns you know drinking through a fire we don't learn well at least like drinking through the fire hose you know granted some you know there are definitely some amazing little child prodigies that i've seen Out there shredding guitar, you know, 10 or 11 years old, because they spent, you know, 10 hours a day obsessed with their guitar. And I was the same. I was a self taught guitar player. And, you know, I learned with like tabs. And, you know, back in the day when I can download a series of tabs and just go spend, you know, two or three hours, you know, but I, I was like printing them out. And I had like a book and like a binder that I carried around. I remember like in middle school teaching myself how to play guitar, but it's just a tool, just as nature. Right is a tool, is a conduit for living a hopefully a well-rounded, exciting, interesting social life. Right, which we all know we're social creatures. Our brains are designed to socialize in certain ways, at least. Right, I appreciate solitude, but I also appreciate a wonderful conversation with a new random person that I meet traveling. They can be very, very enriching experiences. Right, and are different collections of social experiences. So, like, yeah, I love taking my children outside. I love. Inviting them on sunrise walks, I challenge them all the time to different sort of mountain bike challenges, right? How many hills can you go up before you stop? And the number doesn't actually matter, right? All that matters is I'm together outside with my kids. That's actually all that matters at the end of the day. Because we I take them routinely to just go sit and listen to a waterfall, right? We drive our little Jeep out, go sit, set up a couple of chairs, or maybe even just grab a foam pad that I have and we go sit on a rock and listen to the waterfall. And I ask them to pick out different sounds, right? Like how many different birds do you hear? Do you hear the the squirrels, the chipmunks chirping at each other, right? Can you pick them out and find them? And sometimes we're graced with, you know, I served in the military for a long time. Sometimes I say we're graced with some of the technology from the United States military because we have the high altitude training center just a few miles away from us. And so sometimes we'll have fighter jets sort of interrupting our peaceful outdoor time. But, I teach my kids about it, right? And I teach them the sound follows the jet, right? Look three to five seconds ahead of the sound and see if you can pick out that jet. I know it's kind of silly, but right, it's nuances, nuances of being outside where we happen to be. But I do the same with them in the city, right? I I challenge them to pick out different sounds in the city, right? Do you know what's, what's going on around you, right? It's so valuable to have that situational awareness regardless of where we are. But we do know that the sounds in nature are genuinely healthy right? We've, there's, there's, there's been fMRI-based research on what changes occur structurally to the human brain when we hear things like birds, when we hear things like running water. And then just getting to the, the main, I think, overarching topic of our guests today, right, is what does music do, right, to the brain, right? What does music do to the structure of the brain? What does music do to the oxygenation of the brain? And it's, it's all those things that you'd mentioned earlier, right? I mean, it helps music. Helps with pain management. It helps reducing stress and anxiety. You can manage nausea, you know, other bodily discomfort by listening to you know a series of you know a few great tunes. Yeah, and you know when when we're um, we're human outside working hard, and we can relax after you know a, a day's work with some good tunes and maybe some good friends, good socialization. Right? We just we just feel better. Absolutely. Um, you know how it's, it's so simple yeah um all of those things, man.
1: Like it, it enhances creativity, I mean imagination, yeah. which I think is a big part of of uh, our guest today, who we'll yeah. get to in a second. We keep referencing our guest today, which I know we're both excited about. Heck yeah, but you know, uh, all of these things and and it's so important for us as adults to really showcase how kids are learning in nature, how kids are embracing nature, mm-hmm. how we're not saying it's one or the other, because it can't be realistically how do we embrace both technology and screen time with being outside in the natural world? That's the way forward. And I mean, it has to be. So I think that our guest today is a perfect blend of that. And without further ado, it's a great segue into our guest, Joe Maylander from the Okie Dokie Brothers. Joe, welcome.
3: Thanks so much for having me. It's great being here and hearing you guys talk about all this important stuff. I just... I was holding back, wanted to jump in and share some thoughts about all that, but you guys do a good job of, of getting down to the root of of where we're at with all of this.
1: Well, thank you, brother. And and before we Thanks. get started, I'd love to jump into your bio quickly. Uh, as childhood friends growing up in Denver, Colorado, Joe Maylander and Justin Lansing were always exploring the outdoors. Whether it was rafting down their neighborhood creek or discovering hiking trails through the Rocky Mountains, Joe and Justin were born adventurers. Now, as the Grammy award-winning Okie Dokie Brothers, they have put this passion for the outdoors at the heart of their Americana folk music. Joe and Justin record and perform family music with a goal to inspire children and their parents to step outside and get creative. Steve, this is perfect for us, man. Uh, They believe this can motivate kids to gain a greater respect for the natural world, their communities, and themselves. The five-time Parents' Choice Award winners have garnered praise from the likes of NPR's All Things Considered and USA Today and have been called two of Family Music's best songwriters, which I will not disagree with. Joe, I I will stop there. Uh, I can't wait to dive into this and hear more about your journey and and how you got to where you're at. And I know Justin couldn't be with us today. I understand that he's on New Baby Patrol, which, you know, Steve and I are always going to say family first, so we love that he's (laughs) spending time with the little one please pass along a huge hello to him from us. Yeah, we will do. But can you talk for a minute just about, you know, your background? And I know we talked a little bit about it in the bio, but how you guys really came together and decided this was your path to getting you where you are.
4: Yeah.
3: So, you know, like you said, we did grow up together, known each other since we were three years old, and we were always out playing together. And, I mean, we established our relationship based on on play which involves so much creativity, improvisation, trust. And this is, you know, the same skills we were building then are the same skills we use now, right? Communication, compromise, when we have disagreements, listening to each other, working things through, taking time apart. These are things we've been practicing. And that's why play is such an important foundation for whatever we end up doing In life because really, what are we doing but but playing with each other, trying to pull out each other's strengths, listen, bring some lightness and fun and energy to a situation. Everybody's doing that, right? Whether you're (laughs) running a company or a teacher or a coach or whatever. And so, I always say, you know, it's like we've been doing this this since we were kids. It's just that, you know, it takes different forms. And at first, you know, it was throwing the ball around or playing imagination games and climbing up trees. We had ropes in my backyard that we would pretend like we were Tarzan and (laughs) Robin Hood. And all of this is, you know, drawing from imagination. And those childhood memories find their way into our songs today. Not just, you know, as nostalgic memories, but also as gateways into another world, you know, that we had access to then. And if we use our imaginations, you know, properly through songwriting and, and whatnot and performance, we can bring other people into those portals of, of the other world too, where time slows down. Nice. And we, we can listen to the beings around us in nature all the, the different spirits that live in the trees and the lakes and the streams. And all of a sudden, our minds become something more than just in our brains, you know. it's it, We <laughs> get to channel some inspiration from something outside of ourselves that's between, you know, a lot of times this collaboration energy between Justin and I brings out a, a third or fourth or fifth collaborator somewhere in between us that ends up being, you know, it just takes the song to a whole different place that's unexpected. And if it was just you by yourself, you wouldn't get there. So, we've always noticed that about being together and being in nature. And so, you know, we we started a band in high school and wrote some fun songs. It was like more of a rock folk band. Then we, we were camp counselors. So, we would play with kids and play just a bunch of games and sports and hikes and all sorts of stuff at camp. But then we'd always finish the night around the campfire singing folk songs and John Denver songs and some of our original stuff that we were working on. You know, But it was never really like, this is going to be our career. It was just a natural way of expressing our friendship and that energy. And then we kind of realized after playing in bars and stuff with a, a kind of a bluegrass band after college, that really, that was fun. But we were really good at making a little family-friendly folk set. And the kids were dancing always when we played play park concerts or libraries or schools or whatever. We'd get booked to do like, what were they called? Kind of like family nights at certain places we were connected with. And we <laughs> took out all the drinking songs and just put You know, just standard folk songs and kids were dancing and there were funny songs. And it was just like, wow, this is a strength of ours. So that's when we came up with the Okie Dokie Brothers and and started really leaning into that. And that's what we've been doing for the last, I guess, 13 or 14 years.
1: That's incredible, man. Honestly, I forgot we were uh, recording a podcast there for a second. I I was just enthralled in your story. And all I could think about, Steve, was, all of this stuff that he was talking about with play and creativity and just their way of life, it just reminded me of so many of our former guests who are you know, leaders in healthcare and science. Mark Coleman talking about being mindful in nature and Sharon Salzberg and even Jeffrey Davis and talking about awe and wonder and finding wonder in nature and the creativity aspect of it. And it's just so amazing that you guys followed this lifelong passion. And then had that discovery of, hey, this can be fun too. Not just a career, but we can have fun with it and we can enrich other people's lives in a an audience that, let's be honest, usually isn't targeted in music. I mean, there are kids' categories and kids' albums, but definitely not as many as mainstream music. So I applaud you for that, man. It just sounds like a lot of fun. And you know, I know our paths first crossed, I think it was 2016, 2017. You guys were doing a book signing at a local Barnes and Noble. And I tell this story unapologetically, but I was maybe one of two people in the room that wasn't there with a child. And I was just so taken (laughs) aback by, you know, the kids who were dressed as characters from your songs. And at that time, I don't remember seeing like designated characters in your music videos or, you know, there wasn't like. Carl the canoe guy or anything but these kids were dressed up as these characters and it was so imaginative and creative what they thought and what they saw when they heard the music and they were just having so much fun the parents were having fun the families were interacting and then you know I went up to get my book signed because I'm a big nerd and it was just so cool meeting you guys and chatting for a few minutes and uh you know I tell everybody I can about you guys I don't care when I say it's like kids focused Americana because it really transcends, I think, children and youth. And, you know, anybody that knows me well knows I'm the world's biggest six-year-old and I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, so maybe, maybe that's why I resonate with this so much. But when I can't get outside, Joe, I listen to your old's music and it takes yeah. me there. Wow, amazing, Mark! Thanks for sharing that, man. Absolutely, and I know Steve has a connection to you guys as well. We had a, a white whale list. We called it when we started the show, and you guys were definitely on that list. And he was familiar with the name, you know, some of the songs. And then around Christmas, he reached out to me, excited. You want to share that, Steve?
2: Yeah, it's you know, so my my children just left fifth grade just this May, and well, I guess June. Just they just got out of school just a week ago. But elementary, so almost like a rite of passage, right? We have elementary school, you know, music programs and public performances and things like that throughout the years. And, you know, Mark had only introduced me to your team 18 months ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so and so I started, you know, poking around and listening to different songs and and just getting myself familiar. And then I started introducing them to some of my kids as well. And and here we go all of a sudden in December, and I had no idea. That um, when I walked into the kids' music show, like the featured sort of like closing song, right, it was the ukulele in a snowstorm. And there's like nice. 30 kids on stage, all with ukuleles. That's and, awesome. And, and yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, we have a really small school. I think the entire fifth grade class is probably, I don't know, 65, 70 kids, this, this whole fifth grade class. And the whole school is really like about 800, 825, and that's K through 12. So I mean, it's a really big fifth grade class. And it was really, really fun to watch all these fifth graders jam on their ukuleles and sing ukulele in a snowstorm here in Crested Butte, Colorado, when we did have like, I don't know, I think even by that point in time, we had a solid six feet, eight feet of snow on the ground. And so we, you know, we were in a very, very snowy place and a bunch of kids and they were a bunch of them were like wearing Hawaiian shirts no, oh, nice, and, and sort of jamming out under the stage lights, and this was a really, really interesting experience. I texted Mark immediately. I was like, "Dude, my kids are jamming ukulele in a snowstorm! Oh my gosh, we're never we going <laughs> to talk to the Okie Dokies!" So I get very, very excited. But yeah, that's, that's my so great, man. Steve, thanks for connection. sharing that.
3: That's cool, man. And I don't know if this is news to you, but we're going to be in Crest Crestview this summer on the twenty seventh of July. Yeah.
2: Mark texted me about it just a few days back, and yeah. um, and interestingly, so on the twenty seventh of July, that is my forty first birthday. Wow! So crazy. <laughs> I am down. I am totally down to grab my kids and go spend that evening because we, you know, we do our best to spend as many nights barefoot on the grass listening to music over the summer, yeah. um, as nice. many nights as possible that way. And so, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to it. You know that. The Trailhead Museum, the Trailhead Children's Museum in Crested Butte is is actually new. They're, they moved to a new building. They're right on the main street. And I don't know if y'all are going to be inside or outside, but there's like... I hope outside. There's a super sweet deck outside. Big, huge yeah. deck. Yeah. And it's right on the main drag. And that's like dead in the middle of summer. So there should be a massive street crowd for sure. That'd be so. great. Well,
3: spread the word to all those ukulele players too. We definitely that.
2: will definitely
3: out man it's gonna be (laughs) exciting and what what one of our favorite things to do is so we play a lot of shows right we play almost you know every other weekend in a month we're kind of like out there twice or three times a month different cities we pop all over the country just because you know you can't do a a cohesive tour with kids music sometimes because it's mostly weekends um (laughs) in the summer it can be a little different but Point is, you know, one of the biggest thrills we have is is getting to play these types of things where the whole town gets together, kind of a festival atmosphere. People are out on the grass dancing, like you said, some are barefoot. And yeah. it's intergenerational, right? It's not like it's just for the kids and the parents are in the back rolling their eyes. It's like, no, these are these are legit folk songs <laughs> that like hold up. And yeah, they've got a little lightness and 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 jokiness to them sometimes. A lot of times, you know, towards the end of the album, we'll we'll put on songs that aren't even like you can't necessarily tell they're kids songs. <laughs> they're they're just family songs, right? They're all ages acoustic music and we get the grandparents up swinging their partners, slapping their knees and like having a good old time and and we're hoping that we're creating core memories for these families where they think back to when mom was singing along and dad got up and danced and you know, the parents cared about the music just as much as the kids do. Yeah. And that's just it's not like, well, it's just not <laughs> something we have in our culture all the time because so many things are marketed to specific age groups. And, you know, it's like a, a very specific product type marketing. And we just said, sure, we'll call it children's music, but like really once people get into it, they can kind of realize that it's supposed to be for everybody. And we don't put on the like basic kiddie stuff because there's are already people that do that in a really great way. You know, if you want to hear good versions of twinkle twinkle little star and all all the rest of it. Like there's plenty of that, right? And it's good. It's yeah. important stuff. Like we don't we don't look down at that stuff. It's like it's just not really what we do. And so, you know, if that's something that that families can get behind, it's fun to see people engage intergenerationally and and I'd like to see more of that in our culture.
2: We need the the lightness, as you mentioned, yeah. right? We need that simple just, hey, we're gonna have fun. We need more of that. I hope we can continuously find more opportunities to to push the lightness to push joy. And yeah. it seems like right your music, your talents just they just do that.
3: Well, yeah, what you're talking about too reminds me as we're on a podcast talking about wellness, you know, we're obviously in a crisis of of mental health right mm-hmm. now and and our communal health is is suffering and that has to do with this division that we're going through. So yeah. when we find the narratives of division taking over our minds and I'm guilty of it too because that's what we're swimming in is what people are kind of pushing cuz I guess it might it sells whatever TV and news sells, and all sells this widgets stuff,
2: right that's what I say right
3: <laughs> yeah but like wow what we're giving up is interconnection Mm-hmm. and interbeing. <laughs> and if if we know one thing about this planet, I say it in a song that I think I'll play for you guys in a bit, if we know one thing, it's that we're interconnected and the life that's in you is the life that's in me. And yes, yeah. there might be surface level differences that make us frustrated, but the amount of similarities and connection is so immense. That we're missing all of that, right? And we wonder why we're having a wellness crisis. And it's like, yeah. well, we're connected as an organism, a super organism on this planet that we're swimming in earth, you know, and the yeah. air and the water and the plants and and us and all the critters are little cells and muscles and tissues in a, in a being, in a body that mm-hmm. breathes and lives. And if all of a sudden we decide we're going to put giant walls in between all of these people (laughs) or or all of these cells, how would the body do, you know, if we were just dividing the blood vessels up and the tissues (laughs) up? It's like, no, the things in the brain need the things in the gut and the gut needs the activity of the muscles and the bones need the, you know, it's like, well, we all need that stuff too. And if we're looking yeah. at other people saying, "Oh, you're you're not like me. We're putting up a wall here." We're going to we're going to suffer and we're going to feel we're going to feel sick. And so that's where wellness comes into all of this, right? What you're talking right. about. And the more events and and situations and relationships we can make that focuses on interconnection rather than division, I think Those are medicine for our culture.
2: Yeah. Cultural wellness as a You said so
1: much to to unpack there. Yeah. We've talked about the social connection problem. And, you know, the Surgeon General called it the top public health priority in our country right now. And the last few years with the pandemic certainly haven't helped, but it's been around a lot longer than the past couple of years. And technology is a big part of that. And the simplest way I talk about it is we've all made it here to this point as a species together. And the fact that we're trying to do it separately now isn't going to work well. And it's only been the last maybe 150 years that we've really tried to wall ourselves off from the natural world. So, you're talking about putting those walls around different cells. You know, average American spends 90% of their time indoors, and it's not working out well. If you look at the trends of our indoor living and different chronic illnesses and diseases, they're very well matched. There's a strong correlation. So, you can't really argue that. We've gotten really good at arguing science lately, but you can't really argue with science and numbers if it's continuously proven. So I think that you're spot on and finding outlets and ways to bring us all together. Just, I remember growing up and going to concerts on the lawn in my town square, my little town in Kentucky, and that was such a big deal. And you yeah. would see an intergenerational party and you would see families. I love that you keep using the word play. Joe that's one of my favorite words in the world we we lose that sense of play as we age but you see older folks playing with you know little kids and having fun and playing hide and seek and playing you know whatever together as a unit and you know even if they're not in the same family there's that playfulness between groups on the lawn and kids entertaining other families and you know I love it that's how we've gotten here so the fact that you guys focus on that, and that's your wish moving forward for your music and what you do, I can't think of anything better. That's just one of a million reasons why I'm such a huge fan of you guys. And you're going to be in Wolf Trap just before Crested Butte, and I will be at least one, if not both of those shows, for sure. Nice. Oh, that's um, great. So I'm, I'm really excited about that, and I'm excited that you'll be out there with Steve on his birthday. I wish I could be there with you too, buddy. Um, i pump, man. <laughs> you know you've said all this amazing stuff joe and and i think it's completely in line and i see the parallels between your mission and our mission i would love to talk a little bit about the music itself mm-hmm. and you you know you're grammy award winning you've been nominated how many other times for a grammy
3: yeah i don't know by, by maybe five
1: yeah so wow yeah i mean you guys have been recognized for your craft and i think that's super special um and i say that not that you need or want accolades but for the listeners these guys are legit so whether you have kids or not check them out because they're super special and i mentioned earlier through the woods was the first exposure and i gotta tell you from that album every song is fantastic but i would put the song through the woods and the song jamboree as literally two of my all-time favorite songs of any genre they're just fun And they're playful and they make me want to be outside. And I grew up in Appalachia, (laughs) as I said, so it reminds me of being home. But then I started looking at Can You Canoe? And then I started looking at Saddle Up. And I spent time on a ranch out in Arizona for a while in my early twenties. And I was like, yes, this is this is nailing that experience too. And Winterland and just all the other albums that you guys have been a part of that weren't your albums, maybe some of the collaboration stuff. Some of you've done covers of Woody Guthrie, which you can't get any better than Woody Guthrie as far as Americana and folk and, and nature music. But I wanted to ask who were some of the inspiration artists for you guys who led to this style or this sound?
3: Yeah. Well, um, good question. There's so many because again, we're interconnected, right? So pretty mm-hmm. much everything we're listening to is going to have some influence on us uh, one way or the other. And we do listen to a wide variety of music that might even surprise our fans of like, wow, you guys are hip-hop fans or pop fans or, you know, electronic music. And what it is is, you know, we're always looking for that that magic thread that's vibrating on a level of quality and inspiration, right? And that can be found in so many different genres, but it it comes from authenticity, it comes from self-awareness, comes from you know, a freedom to express yourself in a way that isn't contrived and trying to hit a certain trend. So you can find that all over the place and we enjoy finding that in places that you wouldn't expect. But with that said, I will focus a bit on the folk genre because there is so much musically that we we do find inspiration when we look at what Bob Dylan has meant to us as an artist ah. and, you know, as a poet and as somebody who's always changing you know it's just like it's almost like we forget to mention him in our influences because he is he's just somebody that we've grown up with and and we we play a lot of his songs in our free time and ah yeah, he's kind of in our bones because he's tapping into an old kind of an ancient way of connecting to energy and inspiration he he draws on like mythic archetypes and it's undeniable when you hear something like that. It just, whoa, it goes deep. And you're wondering, like, why do I know what he's talking about, you know? <laughs> um, and because he's a master of that and was tapping into that well for a number of years, he's just somebody we've always looked up to that songs can inspire and transform Culture in a way that, you know, somebody's telling a story. They're, they're creating a narrative that's different from the everyday capitalistic Western mindset. And that's what inspires us to do what we're doing. So Bob Dylan, um, I'll just list, you know, John Prine as somebody that has a sense of humor about him and cleverness and humility that really inspires us. Joni Mitchell and her. Her beauty uh, when it comes to melodies and uniqueness and feel. Feel is a word we use a lot when we're trying to get that Joni Mitchell buttery, you know, soft spot that just hits you in a way that, yeah, brings out love and compassion and and Joni's energy just somehow, you know, does that for us. And uh, Paul Simon's musicality and, and melodies and, and vocal technique. It's just like always present when we're writing a song, yeah. And I, I guess Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger, and you know Ella Jenkins and and Lead Belly and the whole Folkways family of you know Smithsonian Folkways that label. Just knowing the depth of the American songbag and old traditional songs and how they progress, they change, and they can kind of like grow with with the times is something that we've always just loved learning about, kind of studying the history of folk music in America and watching somebody like Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger do that on a level that was for the people, you know, stood up for the people that were working class and, like, needed a voice. Yeah, that stuff is is super important. And those folks did a lot of family music too, which was cool because they were like, of course we do family music, you know, family music workers rights union songs these are all just like things people can do you're multidimensional and we're not going to silo ourselves and call us oh we're just kids musicians or we're just union folk it's like dude we can be we can be all these things and let's not limit ourselves in the music business of choosing one one lane and you know that's something Justin and I have struggled with is like we did choose a lane and hopefully we're we're getting to a point of not needing that label as much but um, anyway that's what that's what happens in our world but yeah sorry for rambling but i just oh, I, if i if you let me go i'll just keep on <laughs> going so i'll just I love it, there. it.
1: I love it. And honestly now that you've said all of those names which are you know all of the greats in that genre i can see it i can see all of that going into the gumbo that makes you guys what you are and you mentioned John Denver earlier Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of John Denver yep. all over everything. For sure. So for me, th- all of those singers had a playfulness or a lightness to them, to their music, but there was also strong messaging behind the songs. So it didn't come out as like a very political or, you know, charged song in any way, but it was playful and got the message across at the same time, which I think yep, you, uh, you guys do the same thing. I mean, again, I hear it and I think I want to go outside, I want to take care of outside. And I, you know, I know that people I've talked to who have kids that they've introduced you guys to, they say the same things, you know, our kids want to go outside and pick up trash and our kids want to go plant a garden and, you know, all these amazing things that you're instilling in this generation. And when the kids do it, that means the adults do it too, which is pretty special. And Steve and I talk about this all the time. When you bring a kid up in nature, you're creating an adult that will care for nature more. So I think that that's a testament to you guys. You're creating a generation of people that are going to continue to take care of nature as they age, which is pretty special. And I know the music industry can be a very unique climate. I'll say it that way because it's diplomatic. I used to write for a music magazine in Nashville for a while. I've been involved in the songwriting process. I know soup to nuts, it is not easy from idea to recording to publishing to releasing. So The fact that you guys can just continuously crank out song after song and you guys write your own stuff, right?
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah, We we also, I mean, for the most part, I think it's probably 80% or something that we write and then we rework old traditionals too. Yeah. But, you know, and that comes with some writing, but
1: yeah, go on. Oh, no. it's. I, I think it's amazing that you guys can continuously create such a strong product around a genre and still get all of your messaging out there. And some of these songs, it's sort of like the Peanuts. That's how I describe you guys. Like Charles Schultz wrote the Peanuts for kids and adults, mm-hmm. right? As an adult, I can look at the Peanuts. I'm a lifelong Peanuts fan. Anybody that knows me knows. I mean, I've got Charlie Brown here on the shelf yes, behind uh, me. Nice. But as a kid, I love the Peanuts for all the same reasons that kids love the Peanuts. But as an adult, I can understand and appreciate the nuances. And I can look at it and say, that was created for me as an adult. I just happen to like it as a kid. So that's how I would describe you guys and your music. It should be without label. I understand where the labels come from, but you know, we're the only species on earth that can label something. It can help us or hurt us. It means we can let go of it once we've identified it and labeled it, but it also means we can hold on to it and use it to section us off from other things, which you talked about earlier. So I get the music industry is built around genre and selling albums and different things, but it, it goes back to putting those walls around the different cells that you mentioned earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. So music without walls. That's that's what I hear when I see you guys play. And it's just so great, man. And I want to talk a little bit about the the other things you guys do, because I saw through the woods, the mini doc before I heard the music. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about what inspired you guys to take these little trips into nature. They're basically extended songwriting sessions, it looks like. And mm-hmm. you're doing research. Louis L'Amour is one of my favorite all time authors. And if Louis you know, who wrote in the Western genre, if he wrote about a well, he stood over that well and looked down into it. So he did the on-site research for everything he ever wrote. And I feel like these many documentaries are like that. You guys are walking the talk. I know with Through the Woods, I keep mentioning that one, but I'm a big hiker, so that one resonated with me. You guys hiked part of the Appalachian Trail. You talked to musicians along the way for different mountain music genres, which I thought was incredible. You show your songwriting process, the song, the GOATS song comes to mind, which was just you saying GOATS over and over and over, which was hilarious. But, you know, it's super exciting for a kid to be able to watch that or an adult to be able to watch that and say, wow, they're having fun. This is the fun behind the music. Can you talk a little bit about that process, how you got started into that and what it looks like?
3: Yeah, well, we knew we were, you know, getting more and more interested and more inspired writing songs about nature. And we had written some songs, you know, just down in the basement, you know, like, wow, here are some songs we cranked out. And they're like, oh, those are fine. You know, we've got lots of songs we've never recorded and kind of go to the the archive. And we just kind of were saying to ourselves, like, something's not really clicking. We ended up taking a road trip down the Mississippi River. There's something called the River Road. It just parallels the river all the way down through Minnesota into Iowa. Dustin and I were just having fun, stopped in some bars, played some music, like randomly camped out in a park. It was a pretty like just random road trip. had so much fun. And I remember pulling over just to look at the river once and we saw a canoe going down. And we thought like, what? We didn't know people could canoe that. We talked to one of the lock masters at the lock and dam. We said, do people actually canoe this? They go, oh, yeah. There's probably 100 people every year that go up from Lake Itasca in different groups, from Lake Itasca all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, and they camp along the way. And right there, boom, just like strike of lightning. And we said, we're doing that, and we're writing an album about it. And we're bringing a a videographer along, and we're going to write the songs out in nature because... We don't want to be, you know, halfway through a song and get a text message or have to do email or or leave because we've got to go do a, a show or whatever. We love shows, but we wanted to block out the time and just, boom, get down the river. So we did. We got two canoes and Justin and I camped. You know, we did have our two buddies with us, one a videographer and one kind of a, a nature guide slash sound person that, that helped us through the whole experience. And yeah that just, you know, it worked. We found that getting out there in the thing we want to write about is what you have to do. So many ideas came, so much authenticity came from just doing it, right? You're not pointing to something, you're just right. just experiencing those. And so, we continued to do that. We did that on the Appalachian Trail for 30 days. We did that on the Continental Divide on horses for 30 days out west. And then we, you know, we did that up north for some dog sledding stuff during winter. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is what we found is just just experiencing those things and just trying to transfer that energy works for us. And yeah, we call them adventure albums and they come with little videos and now they're on YouTube, 40-minute documentaries, mini docs, like you called them. And we try to show the <laughs> the process. We show a lot of shenanigans of us just messing around. Again, play is such a huge part of the ingredient of the recipe and, and also collaboration of of meeting experts from the area that you know are old-time musicians in appalachia or do write cowboy songs out west or whatever and we're not any of those things but we kind of you know it rubs off on us and we get to kind of highlight the beauty of each region's music
1: and traditions steve how great is that seriously
2: it's amazing and i you know was as I was listening to you talk earlier, Joe, I I was thinking about like as you were listening some of your inspirations, right, and and like these contributing artists, and then you were sort of describing about how there's so many different artists. I I was I, I caught myself thinking about my love for Ice Cube, and how like an artist like Ice Cube, right, started right. He was sharing his story. As a youth coming from a very specific environment mm-hmm. and and nowadays, he's a voiceover actor in children's movies right and yeah. and he he has done more and more and more digital children's i'm using big air quotes for listeners, right but like children's movies, but he's like he's one of those people that sort of transcends genres. But people, it seemed like at least, especially in the beginning, people wanted to pigeonhole an artist like him into just one particular lane. But I, I was just thinking about him and his influence on my own sort of existence, and like the way that his influence changed, even on me, just throughout the decades. Because you know now, like he's he's a dad, and he, you know, he's done sort of the some of the stereotypical American dad things, right? Probably worn socks with sandals, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, like we shouldn't pigeonhole each other. And I, that's where sort of the point I guess I'm trying to, you know, get at is, is right. Really like, we, when we, when we encourage one another's expression, creativity with support, we can change the world. We can, we can empower people to be their best selves. We can show the next generation of humans that it's not all fire and brimstone and, you know, division, right? We can show the next generation of people that, like, hey, yeah, there, there are actually more of us out there who are adults or young adults as camp counselors, right? We're, there are more of us out there who would much rather focus on supporting you and building you up and just encouraging you to be your best possible self, right? I dare I say, I believe the world is more overwhelmingly like that, right? And the, the potential divisiveness that we hear from some people, some slivers of society. Could be very heavily outweighed by those of us who choose to promote the positivity of life, not in a negative, you know, hyper-positive, like you know, to a fault sort of a way, but just the balance and the balance of of play. So many adults forget how to play, right? That that saddens me in and of itself. Witnessing adults sort of removing themselves from the situation, pushing their kids into a situation but then never fully engaging with their kids, right? Choosing to get their hands dirty in the paint, choosing to go and throw those water balloons and get hit back with the water balloon in return, right? And engage in the fun and excitement of just play. Being bad at guitar, so what? But choosing to pick up the guitar and strum it anyway, because that's what the kids in the room are doing too. Mm -hmm. And it's just fun to join in and to, to participate in that
3: way. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's beautiful, Steve. I I agree. There's just so I think when you're raised in a world of of siphoning things off or silos or or labels, it is hard to bring your full self to something because you're like, well, part of my self fits here, or part of myself fits there. You know, my wife struggles with that a little bit too, choosing a career after having a kid. Now she was in public health forever and kind of a, a health coach, but she has so many amazing talents to bring to the world as an artist as kind of somebody that's interested in interior design and lighting and and motherhood and all of these cool things and i see her struggle to have to like pick a lane and and choose something but in our our little neighborhood she shows up as just her whole person and people support her and and she supports others in a very natural way that we as humans did for thousands of years when we lived in community and villages yeah. where we got to bring all of ourselves, not just a choice that we make to say, this is my expertise. And if we all got to show up as whole people, think about, like like you said, Steve, like the empowerment behind that and how much the world would change because of the energy flow coming from every single individual participating. On a level of of passion like that, it's like well, yeah. When when we all show up like that, you're right. The the impact can be pretty significant.
2: Yeah, I find myself in social events these days refraining from bothering asking people what they do. Like I don't, you know, and this it and it's, it's pretty typical for us, right? We're we in, in these different adult, maybe focused gatherings. We're like, oh, hey, what do you do? Oh, what do you do, right? And I find myself trying to ask different questions to spark some other connection especially because i don't ever i don't want to use anyone i'm not i'm not looking for status or right? i'm not trying to climb the corporate rung or maybe some people are great good for them and i'm not judging them however i find myself focusing on like well well hey joe you know what what do you enjoy just what what do you like right like what what else what other things right you're not you're not defined by only being a musician right just I'm not defined by only being a military veteran, right? Right. Some of us choose to self-label and sort of stay in these little lanes that we create for ourselves. I fear that that can harm us, you know, rather than, than, than help us because it's like, we, we stay in the comfort zone. We never, ever leave the comfort zone. And so like, I I just wanted to share, like, to build more social connection for myself, I find myself straying away from bothering asking, like, well, "Hey, what do you do, man? No, what do you enjoy, man? What do you what, what what makes you smile? What actually, you know, what what keeps you happy throughout the week? What 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 is that? Whatever that may be, right?
1: Well said, Steve. We had this discussion early on. That's why we have the fast five portion of the show, is because we want to, no matter what walk of life a guest is coming from, no matter what they've accomplished professionally or whatever else. We just wanted that human element to every interview to talk about things that they've maybe not been asked in any other interview in their <laughs> career. And, and it sort of breaks down the hierarchy. Like we've always joked that we want guests from all aspects of nature and wellness, from right. you know right. like the crunchiest trail guide to the smartest academic and all saying the same thing. So it levels out the hierarchy and just kind of brings us together all saying the same thing, singing from the same book of music, because that's how things have always been. Joe, like you said, we would show up as our genuine self and our genuine self is made up of a lot of different pieces. And it hasn't <laughs> been until recently that we've been socialized to think we have to lead with a title or lead with a job or you know something. So when I worked in Major League Baseball, one of my favorite phenomenon was when you would hear a player talk about a very popular, very accomplished older veteran player. And they would be talking to younger guys amongst themselves. They would first thing they would say is, Oh, he's a great dude. And he could really hit. Or, you know, man, that guy's a piece of trash, but he could pitch really well. Right. So it's always human first when you had the real, genuine discussions. Mm. But then when you're talking outwardly to the press, it's just here's what I do. Here's what I've sure. accomplished. So those behind the scenes conversations, like with, with, I met you guys. I talked to you for like five minutes, but I left there and I was like, those, those are really good dudes. I would love to hang out with those guys on a human level because they get it. And, you know, Steve and I always say the people, the nature people, the outdoor people, those are our people. The people that would sure. walk outside their door to be happy. They're, they're part of our tribe, right? And we want to grow that tribe through awareness and, you know, p- passing along any messaging and resources we can that help people, realize that they want to be a part of that tribe, because that's, that's where we came from as a species. And if we're going to continue to be a successful species, we have to get back to that. We can't continue on the path that we're on. And I I also think that ego plays a big role in that. And I've said it before on the show, I think, but I use an acronym for ego, which is easily gets offended because the people (laughs) with the biggest egos are usually the ones to get their feelings hurt first. So I, I think we need to just Human first that's that's my battle cry with all the work I've done professionally human first everything else is is later, so thank you for that and I do want to be a good steward of your time, but I also heard you mention that you might play a song for us, yeah, oh, you guys want yeah. to hear a song? I would love that, and afterwards, I'd love to talk about this this new album that the song is from a little bit, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, let's do That'd that be amazing. Well, I can give you a little introduction to the context of where the song came from. Yeah. You know, it's this album called Bramble Town that we can get into in a, in a bit. But uh, the general idea is what we've been talking about today with you guys is a story of of disconnection and, and separation that kind of strikes a, a little community of critters in the woods. And it's their journey through the hardships and struggle of of those challenges of um, disconnection and finding their way back to community and, and interbeing. And so this is one of the last songs on the album after they've started listening to the woods and finding where the mycelial networks and all the other things that connect us lie. And so this one's called The Life That's In You.
4: The soil and the breeze Have you felt the light Under the ground Weaving the earth To life all around The rain grows the grass And the grass feeds the herd The herd feeds the plant And the plant feeds the bird The bird drops the seeds The seeds grow the trees The trees give the air The air that we breathe Life with one beaten heart Cause the life that's in you Is the life that's in me And the life in a bird Is the life in a tree And if we can believe In one thing that's true It's the life that's in me Is the life that's in you that it spoke. And there's a message blowing through the maple and oak that if we try to pick something out by itself, we'll find it's connected to everything else. The plant and the animal, the predator and prey. It's in me, and the life in a bird is the life in a tree. And if we can believe in one thing that's true, it's the life that's in me. It's the life that's in you.
2: All right. (laughs) Yeah man, <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. That was awesome. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah,
1: man. Honestly, as soon as I heard that song, cause I know you guys released one here and there along the way with the new album. As soon as I heard that one, I, I reached out to Steve and I was like, dude, this is like the nature of wellness podcast anthem. This is like everything <laughs> that we talk about rolled into one song. So thank you so much for doing that. It just says everything that we're trying to get across with this show and you know everything we hope for the world, just to see that we're all connected. So thank you so much for that. Of course, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Steve,
3: for for having that on there and and for for spreading the word about that message in your own way too. That's what all yeah. of us are are trying to do right now, and um, it's an exciting time for that. It's hopeful because we yeah. do hear that message from all angles and, and everybody's unique way of trying to do that. And so, sure, there's a lot of things that make us doubt what's happening in the world and and it's a little bit of a a scary time and you know there's things to worry about but there's also some amazing stuff happening too of the reminders from the old ways combining with some of the new technologies that can say like we can figure this out we can learn that taking care of of this earth and each other is really the only choice we have right now so um Cool to see you guys doing that too.
1: Well, thank you for that. And we, you know, the younger generation, I keep saying that they're going to save us because they're so passionate in their pursuits and they're digging their heels in and saying no more. And I think anybody that's resisting that honestly is is gonna find themselves, I don't want to say irrelevant, but struggling a little bit because change is coming and you can feel it, it's palpable. And, you know, again, that song just beautifully talks about the change that needs to occur in our thinking. So, you know, thanks so much for that. Could you take a minute and talk about Brambletown because I know it's a little bit different for you guys from your previous albums and and projects. But can you talk a little bit about how that came to be and and how the songs all connect?
3: Sure. So, we started, you know, working on the idea during the pandemic. We knew it was going to be a little bit more complicated to write a somewhat narrative album than you know our previous albums which are thematic but they're not as interwoven with characters and shared setting. So we thought, well, this is a good opportunity to do something while not touring where there's some moving pieces. And, you know, we wrote a couple stories about Critters and just to get ideas of some characters. And, you know, we we have a story that evolved from the album that we've actually animated. And oh, wow. we're excited to have a 30-minute little little animated film it's stop motion construction paper style about these interactions that the, the characters have. So, but yeah, so many of the different iterations of the stories we kind of left behind and we just stuck with the songs, which, you know, Junkyard Raccoon and Dr. Mole and Weasel and Weasel's Convenience <laughs> Store and Old Badger and Critter Jitter Brew. These are just kind of, you know, some of the characters, Possum's point of view, who hangs upside down we used these different characters as an exploration of yes community and all the different roles we play but also we found out that they're parts of of each one of us right we have each one of these characters inside of ourselves and they they're in relationship with one another they're trying to figure out you know who's hurting in this situation and who can help bring some healing or some wisdom or you know, weasel and weasel. It's easy to to kind of vilify them as like the consumeristic, materialistic folks that are trying to sell us all these things we don't need. They try to sell squirrels, <laughs> nutcrackers, and all these things that these critters don't need. But they weasel and weasel convince them that they actually do need them to be more productive. And but the truth is, we all have that part in us too. And you know, we have old badger is a song that I wrote from my. Perspective as somebody who's gone through recovery and is still in recovery, oh, yeah. you know, the 12 steps and been sober for about 13 years or more. Nice. Yeah. And, and so Badger's story is one too of disconnection from, from self. And he gets uh, addicted to maple syrup. Um, oh, man. He's always showing up with the water in hole.
2: I got to talk to my kid about that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so he, um, he finds out, though, you know, through his help through Doctor Mole, it, that the healing is inside of him, and that it's not some medicine he he takes. Sure, that that can help a little bit, but the deep magic is unlocking the trust uh, within yourself and going through a somewhat of an initiation process up there on Mulligan's Hill, where he sits up there and does nothing but be. You know, he kind of gets into a meditative state and finds out that even though his heart is broken and, and cracked and has a kind of a hole in it, that it's not about necessarily healing that. It's about letting the light deep within you shine through and sharing that with the world. So, these are just little examples of like what these critters taught us. We didn't know a lot of these these lessons, but we started writing about how badger and fox is just in the story. You know, fox goes through a separation with hare and Justin had gone through a divorce that was really hard for him, and you, you'd think, why are you putting a song about divorce on a kid's album? Well, it's that same thing. You know, we we don't necessarily see it as a particularly, you know, exactly a kids album. And kids go through these things too. There are families that go through that, and even if it's not divorce, there's relationships that end. And we're all struggling with with separation in one way or another right now. So this is just our attempt at showing what it would look like to have critters go through something like this and the little pieces of wisdom that came out by sitting with the critters. You know, you write a song about a possum, you think, what's this all about? Oh, they hang upside down. What does that mean? Oh, they see the world at a different point of view, a different perspective. They, They also, you know, play dead what does that mean? Oh, they're practicing death ritual, you know, and knowing that death is a part of life. They stay up all night. What does it mean to be nocturnal, to do things differently than the the people that get up at sunrise and work all day? Do they have something else to share with us? It's like, we don't know. We're just asking these questions why these little critters came up. And we were pleasantly surprised by the wisdom that they shared with us.
2: That's so cool.
1: I got to say, man, this... (laughs) Hearing you say that, because I was I was inferring, you know, as I was listening to the songs and the interconnection, and you know, it was easy to infer as an adult, especially in the fields that I work in. But hearing you say that, it's absolutely genius. I mean, it's total brilliance because you're addressing topics that everybody goes through as a human, all part of the human experience. Topics that a lot of adults that I work with don't know how to talk about with their kids or even approach the subject. And you're doing it in a way that allows a parent to sit down with a kid and say, look, this is part of life, right? And it takes the scary away. And I love everything you just said. I don't want to gloss over the 13 years, man. Congratulations on that. That's a huge accomplishment. Thank you for sharing that with us. These songs are full of lessons. They're full of vulnerability. They're full of stigma-breaking just beauty. And I couldn't be happier. And the stop-motion you know i've seen the trailer i'm so excited to see it it's, it's just stunning visually it's stunning and the animation fits the the words perfectly and dr mole's apothecary i related to that one completely because of the work that i do so as soon as i heard these it just it was i don't, I don't even know how to explain it joe it was the mycelium underground news how everything's connected <laughs> under the surface i mean what a lesson right so i would absolutely encourage Every single adult to hear this, to share this. If you have kids, use this album as a way to talk to your kids about stuff. If you're an educator, listen to it, learn it, use it. These are lessons all of us can... I mean, even as an adult, talking to other adults about this stuff can sometimes be really tough. So if you can inject a little bit of lightness and humor and you know, we all understand that. At the end of the day, we all crave that. If it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. I say that in my work all the time. Right. But we have this idea, the socialized idea that we have to be heavy, right? That we have to be serious. We have to be professional. That's why I keep going back to you talking about play. I think if everybody could just rediscover play, and I know there was a movement for this about 10 years ago, but it, it kind of fizzled out, which was sad. But if we could all learn to play again, how much better would this world be? And I just keep taking my hat off to you guys for what you're doing with this. I can't say enough about it. And I mean, obviously fanboying over this, but professionally, I can't say enough about this. And I utilize a lot of your old stuff already before this album came out in some of my teachings because nature, Steve and I talk about it all the time. Nature is the greatest teacher we'll ever have. And when you talk about the lessons that you mentioned in Saddle Up or, you know, songs for singing or whatever, any of your albums you can pull those lessons out and you can see that that nature is just there to teach us and not take from us. So it's yeah. beautiful, man. Well, thanks
3: Mark. You know, and I appreciate the the words of affirmation and, and the compliments and I, I definitely accept those. And at the same time too, just want to say, you know, the word, you know, it's brilliant or genius or anything, you know, it, it evokes this thing of like these individuals know how to do something but the, you know the truth is we're a reflection of our community and our process and our collaboration and and also the natural world and it's so important just to recognize that some some of these things are completely like foreign to me that I don't know how these things happened either and i just think that that's how it is with with the artistic process and so that's why i'm just taking my hat off to the for the creative spirit that that creates these things, you know, is it's like it isn't necessarily the story of the hero who writes the most amazing thing, the, like, the story we get of Bob Dylan or, or whoever. Yeah. It's like, no, there's always something behind that. There's always a community. There's always ancestors walking with you. There's mm-hmm. folk traditions. There's, you know, partners and friendships and, and then the natural world. And so... It's just a mystery how it all works, you know, and yeah, you got to show up and do some of the work to put pen to paper and, you know, give it enough time to like see what the pattern is to to figure out what the story is. And I thank Justin for his patience with me and our process, because that's what that's what gets us up every morning as we get on the phone or or hang out or whatever we got to do to kind of keep the ball rolling. Say, what's happening today? Is this any good? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like most of the time, you know, we struggle, but sometimes there's, there's something that comes through.
1: And honestly, I think that's where the genius comes in. When I, when I say genius and brilliance, it's not necessarily the creative pen to paper. Like you said, it's being open to these lessons and being open to finding ways to talk about them that can resonate to a bigger audience and in ways that maybe, you know, haven't been talked about before. So honestly, I I think it's, it's fantastic. And it's a reflection of you guys as humans, where you guys are on your journey, what you've been through, uh, your vulnerability comes through. I used that word a minute ago, but it's a word we can't use enough. And that's, to me, that's the brilliance of standing up and saying, here it is good or bad. Here's who we are. And here's how we want to make the world a little bit better for others. Mm -hmm. And If you could do that creatively, it's even better. So thank you for that. And again I you know I I've done this for a very long time in my career and I know how hard it is to find examples even the ones that are out there even when you're open to seeing them right I'm constantly taking notes of things that I, I come across in nature and different walks of life it's not easy you have to be open to it you have to be willing to look for them and you have to be in a place yourself that allows you to have that openness so it, it's just a testament to where you guys have been and where you are and and the constant work that you're putting into being the types of humans that you are, so not going to let you get away without that taking that compliment, man. That's, <laughs>
3: right? It's on too that. important. It's too important. Thanks, man. Well, it takes one to know one, right? Well, thanks, man.
1: Uh, but you know, I want other people out there listening that have these ideas, but don't know how to act on them, or they're afraid to act on them, or you know, they want to write this book for kids about this story, but they're scared, or they don't feel worthy of it, or whatever else. You know, we're all just trying to figure this out every day like you're saying with you and Justin getting on the call every day or getting together. you know That's all we can hope for is trying to figure it out today. Who cares about tomorrow? We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yesterday is gone forever, but how can we get through today? And if anybody doesn't believe that, you know, I know a lot of experts in a lot of fields that will help convince you, but it, all we have is today. So the fact that you guys do that every day, I love it. And I encourage anybody out there with an idea who wants to make the world better, just act on it. Just take that first step. That's the hardest part. Once you take the first step, you're moving, and then you can just adjust along the way. So, you guys are, I know you'll probably push back on this, but you guys are an inspiration in that way, too. That here you are since you were three years old, interacting in nature and then saying, Look at all of these lessons. Look at all of this fun. Let's get it out to other people and share that with others. That doesn't always happen, man. So, thank you for that. And thanks for sharing with us today. And, yeah. If you're okay with it, we would love to move into the section called the Fast Five. Yeah, which... the Fast Five. Let's do yep. this. What's that? All right, man. Fast Five, we'll ask you five questions, answer as quickly as you can. Where is your favorite spot to get outdoors?
3: Ooh, we've got this place in Decorah, Iowa, randomly, that we go down to three hours away. And we uh, we get out there and make little fires, tell old stories, hike up the creek, and sing songs with people. That yeah, that's like our favorite. It's a little valley down there that we like to go camp out in. What is your preferred outdoor activity? I like walking very, very slowly in nature. Some call it forest bathing. Uh. I don't know why I found myself just my brain can get to a kind of meditative state if I just go really slow and get out of the mentality of trying to get somewhere. And I don't know. It's not like I try to do it. It's just, it ends up happening. And then I just really keep it slow. And some really cool things happen <laughs> when you do that.
1: I love that. And you're in good company. Our friend, the mindfulness meditation expert, Sharon Salzberg said the exact same thing. Oh, wow. walking is her favorite outdoor activity. So you're onto yeah. something with that one. Yeah. What's your favorite food to eat outside? Well, I'm gonna go with bratwurst. Oh,
2: <laughs> bratwurst. Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay.
1: I like I'll a come. good
3: old bratwurst on a summer evening with sauerkraut and mustard. Yeah, <laughs> sounding good right about now. now. I'm getting hungry. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, do you have a favorite animal?
3: Yeah. Well, favorite favorite wild animal is the North American bison. Ooh. Ooh yeah. yeah. I just I feel like those are magical creatures for this continent and. They hold a lot of wisdom and history,
1: and yeah, they're special creatures. That's wonderful. If you could only go to one outdoor spot for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's one a tough
3: one. outdoor spot for the rest of my life. Oh, my gosh. See, seasonally, it starts kicking in because I would say the boundary water is up in northern Minnesota, but oh. there are certain times a year that those skeeters are so bad. <laughs> Um, let's say, gosh, well, I might have to say the Rocky mountains.
1: Okay. Back to your roots. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's outstanding. And I wouldn't disagree with you. Gorgeous. Bonus question. Do you have a favorite nature saying quote or idiom? Oh yeah. Yes, I do. It actually
3: is inspiration for one of the lines I sang in the life that's in you. And it's from John Muir and it's pretty much directly in there from the John Muir quote who said, when we try to pick out anything by itself, we find it's hitched to everything else in the
1: universe. Wow. Yeah, that's a great one. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. You know, we've had several people pick John Muir quotes, but you're the first one that's used that particular one. And it's such an important quote. So thank you for sharing that you can definitely see it all throughout that song or hear it all throughout that song. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, this is so great. You know, Joe, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know how busy you guys are. You're touring right now with Bramble Town, and I encourage everybody to get out. Steve and I are going to be at your shows yes. when you're nearby. Please take your kids out. If you don't have kids, go out anyway. It'll be a great time. I promise. Steve, do you have any anything else for Joe?
2: That's gratitude, man. Thank you so much, you know, for sharing some of your story and and doing what you do, Um, you know, but then, you know, also sort of highlighting, you know, how you, how you got there, right? How you, how you, you play and recreate on your own time. And mm-hmm. to me, that's even more important, right? Than, than the, the professional sort of pigeonhole. It's, you know, it's what else helps define us as people. And so you shared quite a bit. So thank you for that. Because I think that those pieces of us are, are even more valuable for, for our listeners, right? It's just trying to be a well-rounded human is hard. Mm-hmm. And so if we can keep discussing these other pieces of ourselves, hopefully it will inspire others to consider all these other components of the joy and the fun and the, the play in life. So thanks. And I look forward, really, I'm super stoked to come and see you on my birthday. And if you come up to Crested Butte, you know, maybe a day early or a day late, dude, I'd love to go ha- have a hike or a slow, peaceful walk. There's some really <laughs> yeah. beautiful lakes and waterfalls and stuff around here. I don't know how much time you That's spend awesome. CB, but I would love yeah. to show you around a little bit, man.
3: For sure. Say hi after the show and let's connect because I yeah. think Justin might be planning on staying a little bit too. So sweet. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Cool. And you know, right now it's just kind of, fun. I'm I'm off to to doing a little picnic, a neighborhood picnic right now where we get the neighbors together and we play folk music and we invite all the different types of players, ukuleles and harmonicas and drums oh. and oh, wow. beginners and advanced or whoever. And we just play out of a an old songbook that I put together of, you know, good old folk songs. And we get to share a meal by the creek. And so I'm really excited to do that. And that's something outside of the Okie dokie brothers kind of sphere. It's just about reconnecting with people and, and showing up with imperfections. Cause we don't rehearse or anything. We call it the neighborhood band and it's just, it. uh, it's kind of showing up as we are and hoping that we learn something, you know, by, by coming together. And just wanted to add that that's happening because sometimes people can listen to this and say what can i do i'm not going to be a professional children's musician or recording artist but it's like well one thing you can do is just think of you know four families get them in the backyard grab a couple songs if you if you can or or do something communal and that you can connect on and show some vulnerability and and openness that we're here to to show up for each other share some food, get outdoors and and do something creative. You know, maybe that's painting a picture out there or or reading poetry or, or or something. You know, it's like this can be as simple as that. And that's what I like to leave people with as a as a little, a little challenge to to try to incorporate in their everyday lives.
2: Awesome. Thank
1: you. It's so amazing man. And and you know, for the listeners, it doesn't have to be hard. The social connection issue you know, fixing it isn't hard. We make it hard. Just get together, right? Just have conversations with people. Be vulnerable when you can, you know, just have fun. Life is about fun. It's not fun. We're not going to want to do it. I said it earlier. So Joe, thank you for everything today. This has been so cool. Just connecting with you again and uh, having you sing the song and hearing about your process and everything you bring to your pursuits. It's humbling in a way and you guys are just fantastic. I, I can't, I wish I could buy the the world a ticket to an Okie Doki Brothers <laughs> show. I can promise you you're only going to be better for it. So please go out and support them, stream their stuff, look for Brambletown. Again, use it to have hard conversations. That's, that's the key yes. to social connection is having conversation, just getting together. So thanks for everything, Joe. If we can ever do anything to support you, please let us know. How can the, the listeners find out more about you guys?
3: Well, yeah, find us on any of the social media stuff, okie dokie, O-K-E-E, D-O-K-E-E, bros, or okie dokie.org. And yeah, I don't know. We got shows out there on our calendar. We got videos on YouTube. So that's all I got, really. But you guys, this, is, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for a good conversation. And we'll be in touch for sure. Look forward to seeing both of you in
1: July. That can't. Gonna be fun. Absolutely. It's going to make my summer. So thanks for that. <laughs> And for all of you listening, please do your health and well-being the best favor you can and just get outside.
0: Thank you for listening to the Nature of Wellness podcast, hosted by Dr. Mark A. Campbell and Steve Otero. Follow us on Instagram at Nature of Wellness with new content being added frequently. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen. The content of this podcast is for general information purposes only. Nothing should be taken as legal or medical advice. The information is not intended to replace the guidance of your healthcare providers, but to create an outlet for new discussions with them.